This week's episode, you would think, is sponsored by Disney, but it's not. Hello and welcome back to the Bargain Bin Movie Podcast, where we're talking about a lot of news that you might have heard and a movie that you definitely have not heard of. I'm your host, Gabe Rodriguez, and with me this week is Susan. How's it going, Susan? Great. Good. I, it's really weird right now because I'm used to being able to hear myself, and I don't like not being able to hear myself. I'm, I'm going to go get my earphones real quick. There we go. All right, I got them. <laughs> That's going to make me feel so much better and make me have to do way less editing later. Say, say something else. Hi. Great. Okay. All right. It sounds good. Okay. So we watched two trailers uh, today. Star Wars Episode Nine, the the trailer, and we're gonna we're gonna give away what the name is, which is kind of a spoiler. So if you don't want to hear that, just skip ahead like five ten minutes. Um, and we're also gonna talk about the Lion King trailer uh, after, well, before that, I guess. What should we do first? What do you think, Susan? Lion King. Okay, let's talk about the Lion King trailer first. What did you think about the Lion King trailer? I thought it was very dreary. Yeah, it was really boring looking, right? And I didn't like the voices. You didn't like the voices? Mm-mm. Uh, Mufasa's voice? Scar's voice? I just, yeah, I didn't think the voices matched the characters that were talking very well. Hmm. Okay. I mean, we only I saw like the, the mouth move a tiny bit. You original a lot, one? You like the original one? A lot, so. <clears throat> oh, you like the for original some voices? Of these, yeah, for some of the original, um, for some of these remakes, I just don't understand why they didn't get some of the same people to do it. Well, they got Mufasa's voice back. Okay. But he, um, <clears throat> people have pointed out that he sounds older now. Like, mm. he sounds like an 80-year-old man, which I'm pretty sure he's like 80, 90. And whereas before, like, he, his voice had a, a certain power that's that's left him now. Maybe that's a problem. Yeah. Like, uh, especially in Rogue One, when he delivered his lines, it didn't quite sound like Darth Vader anymore. His whole don't choke on your aspirations was like don't choke on your aspirations more than you know i am freaking <laughs> james earl jones and i have the best voice of all time yeah it just it didn't have this quite the same timber to it mm-hmm. yeah um <clears throat> i i kind of agree like uh i don't know it just it's not as theatrical it's not none of it is as over the top as it as the the cartoon is right. and it kind of needs to be that way i feel they they made it <laughs> i was telling my uh dude at work it was like they made it as realistic looking as possible but did they forget that real life is boring because they spent all this time making it boring looking mm-hmm. and now chuatel Ejiofor, who has a, an amazing voice as they got the voice of scar great voice but i feel like part of what is cool about hearing him talk is seeing him talk because i don't know like there's a there's a certain regalness to his whole demeanor that like in like gabe right now but you guys can't see him <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah i'm acting it he's, out. he's totally <laughs> hand motions sitting up straight <laughs> he so in like Serenity, uh, which is like a TV or yeah, well it's it's a Firefly shoot off 
uh, it's, it's the movie that's based on Firefly or whatever. I don't know. Who cares? He is the bad guy. Uh, like, I don't want to have to explain what Firefly is to you or anybody else. That doesn't, I don't, it doesn't matter. He's the bad guy, but he is, like, the most, like, gentlemanly yet ruthless bad guy at the same time. He, he's just like, look, I don't want to kill you, but I will kill you, and I will do it quickly. <laughs> like, that type of thing. But with, like, his buttery voice that acts it it's just like so part of it i feel is his physicality so i when i when i heard hey chuatel edgy for is going to be scar i was like this is great this is going to be amazing like he has a great voice but he's not put it he it you lose some of the effect when it's just his voice i feel and he's not putting all of that he's not a voice actor so uh maybe at this point he doesn't have the the skills to put all of that the the emotion and the regalness that is in his physicality and in his like facial expressions and just convey that with his voice. And that's very difficult. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine doing your job and then imagine doing it with both your hands tied behind your back, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So he can do his job, but now both his hands are tied and I'm not sure that he's going to deliver on uh, everything that Scar has been to people thus far like uh jeremy johns it just put him in side side by side in his video talking about it and you know it's uh run simba and never return versus run away simba and never return and it's like okay all right jeremy irons definitely put a lot more oomph in that and like emotion and it's just so much better so if it's, you can't tell, this is one of Gabe's favorite movies. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> so them remaking it is not going to work no matter what they do. Look, I I was very excited. Every time I see the poster, I'm like, this is my, this is my birthday present because it comes out on my birthday. And it is one of my favorite movies. And so, therefore, I'm excited for it. And I will be there regardless like i don't i'm not going to see dumbo because i it looks like crap not one of my favorite movies i want them i want disney to stop over generally i want disney to stop making these stupid uh live remakes. action remakes yeah. um the only one that's been any good is cinderella and we've already talked about that it has its problems as well eh. <laughs> um and i'm not gonna go see aladdin probably if i can get out of it uh unless somebody else drags me to it i'm not gonna go see it because, uh, again, I want them to stop, and that one also looks terrible. Um, maybe I'll do it for the podcast. If everybody wants me to do it for the podcast, I'll do it for the podcast. But otherwise, I, I want to vote with my money and tell Disney to stop. This movie, I don't. it doesn't matter. <laughs> I will be there, <laughs> uh, hoping that it'll be good. We haven't seen any of the—we uh, haven't heard any of the other voices. We haven't seen— Anybody else much Did the in action? Talk in no. The trailer? He didn't talk in the trailer. No. Okay. He just emoted a little bit with his eyes. And that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and we've seen Timon, who's cute. We've seen the whole transition from uh, cub to lion. Looks king. like they're keeping everything in. Yeah. And probably adding some stuff. I heard they're adding some songs from the like stage play. So cool. But whatever. Mm. I. No. It could really go either way in, it, as a, a full product, but it looks drab. It sounds drab. <laughs> None of it sounds very interesting right now. It just makes me want to go back and watch Lion King, the original again. 
Okay. Hmm. Anything else to say about that one? No. Okay. Uh, Star Wars trailer. Knowing only the original trilogy and <laughs> only a surface level amount of that even. What did you think of this trailer? I noticed a voice. Okay. All right. Spoilers for Star Wars because uh, we're going to speculate and stuff. And I feel like this trailer, I don't know, man. It's spoilers. Let's just say spoilers. It's called, click away if you don't know, if you don't want to know. It's called Rise of the Skywalker. Right? I believe so. Rise, who cares? Dawn of, Rise of. I'm pretty sure it's Rise. Evening of, who cares? Yeah. So it's called Rise of the Skywalker. And that could be Ray turns out to be a Skywalker because, okay, so J.J. Uh, <laughs> Abrams made episode seven. Then uh, Ryan Johnson came in, made episode eight, and threw out all of the mystery boxes that messed up everything, screwed everything up. I think he did a good job. I like a lot of the mystery boxes that were destroyed. But J.J. Abrams, no doubt, is going to come back and like fill out his original plan. Whereas eight tried to divert from that. So it's going to be the whole trilogy is going to be a back and forth of directors fighting over the story, basically. And so somebody's going to be, I don't know, she might be a Skywalker or it might be about Ben. We've talked about this uh, off podcast where he is a, he is a Skywalker. Technically he has Skywalker blood in him. Um, ben Solo is uh, Kylo Ren. Oh, so he has Skywalker blood in him. That's the point. Oh, yeah. We were talking yeah. about this. And I'm like, he's a solo. He's not a Skywalker. I was like, look, in <laughs> in, the, uh, in the Star Wars universe, we don't even know how last names are, are like perpetuated anyway. So who cares? Mm. Um, it's annoying to me that Kylo Ren didn't just stab that one dude. I don't know why he like pushed but him over. But he kind of does with the side. Susan thinks that he stabs him with the side. I don't know. Where what really he's bottom down, deep down, hoping that it's PG so I can see it. <laughs> that's the that's third. His, the trilogy is hope. not going to be PG. It's not I know it's happen. not. It's totally not. Um, but I noticed Princess Leia in it, and I didn't even notice. Uh, she was like, "Yeah, Princess Leia is it." I was like, "Oh yeah," and Carrie Fisher's dead. Why didn't they kill her in the last one? This just brings out more crap from the last one that they messed up. Like, why? <laughs> why wasn't it? Why didn't Luke? St- and Luke does a whole monologue over the whole thing. So if mon- if Luke is going to be monologuing in this movie, why didn't he just stay alive? And Leia died. Like, doesn't make any sense. And this mm-hmm. whole the like first action shot of Ray like flipping over that Tie Fighter. I guess it's like a, it looks like a modified Tie Fighter, and uh, like sl- uh, slashing it. I guess looks. It doesn't even show stupid. really what she does. She right. flies up into the air, and, and then, then it, it cuts. cuts. Right, right. But you assume she like cuts it in half with her lightsaber. I feel like she lands on it and makes out with her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks it's Kylo Ren in the in the cockpit. So I think, and they that they're going to be thing. together. Mm-hmm. That would Happily be ever after. That would be interesting. The end. I wouldn't hate that. Probably. Victory would. Oh right, she she thinks that Victory thinks Kylo should be the worst villain of all time. Right, and I'm like, he's gonna be like the anti uh, Darth Vader, where he's fighting the light side throughout the the trilogy, and then falls to the light <laughs> at the end. Doesn't Darth Vader kind of do that? Though? He falls to the dark side at the end. It's it's like the anti, yeah. He's good at saying. the end. 
Oh, right. No, but I'm talking about the prequel trilogy more than the... I'm not, because I haven't seen that. I'm right, talking about... Right, right, right. And then, so, yeah, so episode, I guess, five and six. I guess, yeah, because he talks six. to him in the... Yeah, so, but it, in five six and six... Six is when he does the good thing. Yeah, but Luke is trying to get him to come back to the light in five and six. So, yeah, or... Yeah, so sure, have... <laughs> it's just going to be Try to have Darth redo. Vader's whole thing, his and whole arc. Kylo Ren's going to be good. And he and Ray are probably hooked up at the end. That's my prediction. I like your prediction. That'd be okay. Unless the Emperor uh, can change the Emperor's his coming mind. back. Like, uh, <laughs> he, I don't I, care. I want you all to know that I have seen the original trilogy exactly one time. Mm-hmm. And I knew that voice you knew the when laugh. I heard it. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the trailer. Luke goes, no one ever... Truly dies, and then you hear the evil laugh. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't care how they bring back Palpatine; it's gonna be stupid regardless. Because the whole, I think most people agree that Darth Vader technically is the chosen one. The whole arc is the Sith being destroyed by Darth Vader. The the arc of the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy put together. That's the arc. They were destroyed when Darth Vader threw Palpatine down that shaft, and then he, he himself died uh, from you know the electricity and whatever. So he is the chosen one. That's the arc. And if Palpatine comes back, that completely undercuts that, and it, it destroys everything. It makes it so that that sacrifice was basically for nothing. If anything, it makes everything it just cut pointless. His power down. Yeah, and why didn't he come back before if that was the case? If he was going to come back, why didn't he come back before? Right. And if it's time travel, that's going to be even stupider. Yes, right. stupider. Because uh, apparently... Because time travel ruins everything. Well, that's not true. Time travel, but time travel does exist in Star the Star Wars canon, technically. In uh, Star Wars Rebels, there's the wood between worlds, basically, where there's all these like doorways to other <clears throat> time periods. And, oh, jeez. It was... I th- uh, it was technically closed off, is what I hear, but it doesn't mean they couldn't bring it back. So, and also there's clones in the EU. That's I mean that's not a thing anymore, but it could be a clone. It could be a Force ghost from a Sith. It could be a resurrection. It could be time travel. None it could be them... he never died because he fell down a shaft, and we never saw the end. Well, it could be that he never died. Yeah, you're right. It, he did kind of explode, though, didn't he? It was like a flash of light. I, I really like. have no idea. I don't remember I don't it remember, at all. I don't remember either. Anyway, I, remember he I am not very excited for this movie. There's too many. I, I saw uh, Finn and um, Poe, and I go, Poe should have died. There's too many characters in this. Uh, Lando's back. Lando's back. He's going to die because they keep killing off the original uh, cast. Uh, like. And is there a new droid? There's a new tiny little droid. Yeah, sure. It's just, it's Maybe. just, it's too much crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's too much, darling, too much. Okay, so this week we're talking about Hidden Secrets, which is a Pure Flix film, Dove approved, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with uh, John Schneider. The, I'm going to pull up the cast list because this is ridiculous. Um, who's the, who's the other guy? David, David Ayer White. White. And, mm-hmm. The dad from, what'd you say, Family, Family Matters. Matters? Yeah, okay. Hit. I'm gonna. Gabe was very excited when he saw this guy on the cast list. 
And I said to him, don't get your hopes up. He's barely in the movie. Right, which was initially a little bit disappointing. Uh, he is kind of funny, though, in his he has, few moments of right. fame. He has one thing that's funny in the whole thing. Mm. And I'm like, wow, this is that one scene was like, this is why I like this character, this this actor. Um, he's also in Die Hard. I, I reviewed Die Hard a while back, like uh, Christmas of like 2016 or 2017. So uh, you should you can go back and listen to that. Oh, I got something in my face. Uh, John Schneider, David A.R. White, Stacey Keenan, who I feel like is a, she's a, people know her, right? That name sounds familiar. Didn't Victory know who she was? I don't know. I feel like she was like, oh yeah, that's this person. Uh, Reginald Vell Johnson is the, <clears throat> the, the cop from freaking Die Hard and the dad from Family Matters. Mm. Uh, Harold, okay, okay, Greg, who cares what this, the rest of them are like not famous people. So Harold is the married guy. Uh, Sherry is our. You're naming character MacGuffin. names, now. right? Yes, right. Sherry's the the girl that uh, David A. R. White, the sister of the sister of Chris, who died. So the the I'm gonna be able to keep everybody straight because in, had, in the we, movie it's like there's too many characters and I can't keep them all straight and right. I don't I'm not getting any names here. Right. Um. The the movie's about a funeral that brings. Strangers, family, friends, all back together or for the first time. Right. And it's all around this guy, Chris, who we never meet, but he was apparently a great guy and touched all of their lives. And that's why they're together at this like one house after the funeral, uh, Sherry's house. For the wake. Are they waiting for this? What? That's why they're there. Okay. Originally. And then they stay for a couple of days because they flew in from wherever in the country. Right, that's what I was figuring. They just stayed over a little bit longer. Because Sherry was turning the house into a bed and breakfast. Right, and which so I barely got. Like She uh, had <laughs> a bunch of rooms for them to stay at, too, right. which helped. Yeah, but which is just convenient, yeah. Three of the characters lived in the area. Mm-hmm. And then for the ones that didn't, they all stayed with Sherry. Okay. Whether that was their initial plan or not. Right. The couple lived in the area. Mm-hmm. And the brother of the pregnant lady, which was the drummer. Which oh was... right, okay, we don't have his name yet. Uh, he looks like he looks like Aaron. What's his face from freaking Breaking Bad? I'm not seeing. Oh, oh Aaron Paul, but that's not him. Uh, what do you know his name? I, I saw it. Oh jeez, Joey. Uh, freaking IMDb sucks. Let's just call him Aaron Paul. Who cares? Uh, so Aaron okay. Paul is the 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 drummer mm-hmm. and yeah so what why did you see this movie originally why did you care oh uh you asked me what i want if i like this movie it's a nostalgic movie for me because back in the dial-up days for any of those of you listening who may or may not know what that's like mm-hmm. um i actually I was do despite a my huge age. <laughs> huge john schneider fan <laughs> because i was a huge Dukes of Hazard fan, mm-hmm. um, which is technically before my time, but I got into it afterwards. Um, and right. see, I, so I followed see, John you Schneider. Can like, you can like stuff that you're that was before your time. This right. is like I tell my coworkers all the time. Like, look, I like '80s music. I wasn't alive for it. Shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I know what dial-up is because 
I'm pretty sure we had dial-up longer and like a Windows 95 computer longer than other people because we couldn't afford another computer <laughs> or right. like better internet. So, right. Ugh, yeah. So I look me, like a child, but I know things. I <laughs> followed John Schneider as closely as I possibly could at the time. And you and held this up the internet. Mo- yes, dial-up internet. I heard about Hidden Secrets coming out, and I was so excited because I was a huge John Schneider fan, as I said. Mm. Um, Le- less so now, but oh yes, yeah, way a- less so now. Right. Um, still just a hazard fan, just mm-hmm. l- way <clears throat> toned down on John Schneider. I met he- him, disappointing. And y- yeah, you understand. Never meet your heroes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I literally would hold up the internet for like an hour just to download a YouTube video for a trailer of this movie. And then I took my little digital camera that I had that was terrible at the time and then would record the screen so I could watch the trailer over and over again. I saved the the wallpapers that the movie site had. I had everything. I probably still do on this really old computer. Oh, my gosh. Um, But that's why I know about this movie. Michael's the guy that I've been calling uh, Owl City. With the slick down hair and the purple shirt. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Michael, yes. Right, okay. So, but that's why you got into this movie because of John Schneider. John Schneider, which, yeah, huge nostalgia thing for this movie. So you have, so you're saying that you have a little bit of nostalgia goggles for this movie. Yes, I do. Okay. All right. Good to, good to get that out up front. (laughs) Anthony? Joey? Anthony might be it. Uh, he doesn't have a thing. I'm still trying to find the Arid Paul lookalike. That's not it. What the crap? What? I don't know. Um, so, what? <laughs> you should like my exclamations. Um, I don't know. This movie, this movie is like, okay. Uh, it has, it has its moments of uh, like, it has its funny moments. You got it a rom-com? Yeah, it was like a funeral Which was that became so a fun. rom-com. He goes, this is a romantic comedy. And I'm like, what? No, I, I asked you, is this, is this a romantic comedy that just started out with like a serious funeral? Like, And I was like, a romantic comedy? I never, ever would have called this a romantic comedy. Because the crux of it, the main <laughs> conflict is David A.R. White. It is a relationship. Yeah. yeah. David A.R. White and is. And it's a very lighthearted movie. Mm-hmm. David A.R. White is, <laughs> he is engaged. No, he's not engaged, but he has a girlfriend who really wants him to propose. They're it seems in the like. looking at ring stage. Yeah. <clears throat> Quote from the movie. And he, but he still has feelings for this girl that he dated 10 years ago, who's the, not the wife, as I thought for like half the movie, <laughs> but the sister of Chris who died, who's the the, the, funeral. the funeral that they're all at. Right. The house they're all at. She's the one who owns the bed and breakfast, Sherry. Sherry. So it's David Arrow White and Sherry. They had dated 10 years ago. And his current girlfriend, who probably needs a name. There's too many characters in this. Immediately, Rachel Wilson. Mm-hmm. Rachel. So Rachel. Uh, <laughs> Rachel. Rachel is like trying to get David Arrow White to get over Sherry. Sherry. Yes. And that's, and then we're like, will he, won't he go with this girl or that girl kind of thing? Or will he get over her or what? And it, there's like, and it doesn't really handle that in with a lot of grace, I feel. I prof, that's probably why I like it because I feel like it's just realistic. Right. 
It's just, it would be sloppy and it would be, I mean, she's the reason it happened in the first place. So she kind of deserved it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just to, just so we can get into spoilers, Susan likes this because it's nostalgic. I and like I it actually it's kind of funny. And I like it because it's, it's lighthearted and I think that the mm-hmm. decision <laughs> to put all of these topics together was cool. The way that oh, they did. Oh right, right. It. I, I like the is, actual yeah. context of the movie or whatever. I can tell that the person who wrote this thinks like me. Didn't have a whole lot to work with. Wasn't a very good writer yet. Maybe they're a great writer now. And that's what I was. I was like, I really wish this movie could have been made like now. Yeah. Because I feel like this would have been in theater and this could have been really cool and started some conversations with people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that the there's a lot of like token characters in this. So, and I can't explain that without spoiling things, but there's a lot of token characters in it. And so, which it, I'm not meaning that as a bad thing, but that it could be construed as a bad thing if it was like a if it was made now, they'd be like, "Oh, well, there's a t- token this character and there's a token that character." And gotcha. they just bring them all together and like whoop de doo like you're just like it's it's too much. Or it's not handled well, so and because it, it's it's it would be very hard to handle that many different conversation starters, right? And it, and that's kind of like, why I like the movie because it it is it does have all those in there, right? And I feel like it does a pretty good job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the yeah. acting is. I was just say they needed some better actors. Pretty freaking terrible. Um, <laughs> well, certain people. Sherry's fine. The other blonde takes her complete. They're both blonde. Rachel. So Rachel, excuse me. Rachel takes her completely out of the water like blows are completely out of the water there's a scene where they're sp- both supposed to be crying and um sherry should have been bawling and rachel should have been like kind of crying but it was the opposite uh, for their characters it didn't make any sense and i'm like this bird that's because the actor that plays rachel who's the current girlfriend is a better actress than sherry who's the 10 years ago girlfriend and so i'm like Ugh, this yeah um, and also the wife, the pregnant wife of she's she's the one guy. unfortunately not that great. She is awful. I mean, granted, you're supposed to strongly dislike her character throughout the whole thing, but the acting but quality for, didn't help. Not for the acting though. She right. has one expression, one tone of voice, and sometimes comes in like says her line too quickly. All of it is like she's never acted before. They got, it's like they got an actually pregnant woman and just was like, you're going to be in the movie. Just somebody like, all right, guys, who knows a pregnant lady who's pregnant right now and like showing. And they're like, Bob in the back's like, I do. My aunt, whatever. (laughs) And so his aunt, whatever was in the movie. So that's what I feel like because she was bad. Uh, David R. White's fine. He's David R. White. Uh, in, in the funny moments, he's funny. I really like John Schneider in this movie, and I John Schneider does a good job. And that's not because of my biased opinion anymore. Right, I I've I agree seen with him you. in stuff where he is terrible, mm-hmm. and I will flat out tell you: <laughs> do not ever go see WWJD. That is the worst <laughs> put together movie. Um, and the acting's just so bad. But in this movie, he fits this character really, really well. Yeah. He does a good job. Yeah. His lines aren't always great. 
There's a lot of no. lines. There's a lot of dialogue in this, especially like the first like 20 minutes. Just like, these people can't small talk and it hurts so much. <laughs> like, this, I think whoever part of wrote it is this like is the never background. They never had any music in a lot of the small talk scenes that usually ties oh, yeah. a movie's uh-huh. like flow together. That just makes it look seem less low or more low budget. Than right, anything, really. I guess. To, to me, that makes it a little more awkward, too. It just I don't know why. It highlights all the silence. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, that uh, could have been a little part of it, too. Sure. No. I, that would have helped. Yeah. If they had put some score over it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, the, man. <laughs> the small talk. Oh, my gosh. Who does she remind you of? Satan? No, not my wife. <laughs> some of that stuff was a little bit like, all right, look, I, see the, I saw the quip. I acknowledge that that was quippy. Quips are supposed to be quicker than that. Like, that should have been a little better. I <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, come on. It also doesn't make any sense when she's, like, standing right there. She wasn't standing right there. She was standing right there the second or third time. And she's like, hey. And it wasn't, like, a oh, genuine okay. reaction. Yeah, yeah. Well, we already established she was the worst one in the cast. That is true. Cast. Uh, there was another reaction that wasn't genuine. Uh, I feel like somebody should have gotten mad when they didn't. I didn't agree with that when you said it. That was, was I... the girlfriend. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so he, when she explains her plan of trying to get David Ayer White over Sherry, uh, the 10 years ago girlfriend. David he... Ayer White makes a comment back to her, you're going to regret this if it all backfires on you. Right. And I'm like, she she should have gotten mad about that. But she just she goes, not gonna happen, right? Which, Which I feel like is true to her character because she was confident that he just needed to get over her and that they would be together. Mm-hmm. She's really kind she of putting have done all her cards on the table, right? But either way, in the end, it's a win-win because betting it all, I guess. I should, because she's getting out of a relationship that's going nowhere, right? But that's head cannon. That's not you. You imbued that into. I the movie feel like she would have. She was thinking that too, that because least, she tells you at the end. Are we at spoilers or I don't even know. Yeah, we're in spoilers. Okay. Like I said, it's an okay movie. The everything is pretty incompetent, but the story's cool. It has its it has its light moments that are that are funny. I like John Snyder. I like. I guess I like. Never thought Air, I heard you say I that. I know, right? I like uh, David Hare White. And, um, yeah. In the black dude. Mm-hmm. I like him, too. Whatever his name is. I can't uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. Him. Yeah. And the, I, I, uh, this, the story and the characters and the whole, the whole thing was like shooting for greatness, but it just, they didn't have quite the skill for it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's admirable, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a doozy. All right. Okay. Spoiler. So at the end. Rachel, the girlfriend who is talking about how he doesn't think she reacted right, she says to him that she should have listened to God a long time ago. Like, she hints to the fact that God told her David Ayer White wasn't her... Husband. ...man to be. Yeah. So, if she just listened to God in the first place, she, A, wouldn't have been in that situation. And then, B, because she put... What happened was, at the beginning, she makes david Airwhite and her stay with sherry which is the ex mm-hmm. 
which wasn't in their original travel plans. They, they were supposed to be at a hotel. And, and she, like she shoved her way in. Yeah, basically. she said to Sherry, he really wants to stay here. And then she said to David Ayer White, she really wants us to stay here. Right. And made it so they were staying there, even mm-hmm. though neither of them wanted to be in the same house together. Right. I mean, they didn't hate each other, but it was like, this is awkward. But it awkward. was very awkward because yeah. they had been a serious item. and She broke up with him. And he didn't understand why. And she never told him. Right. Hidden secrets. That was her secret. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so the the suicide cold open thing. and Which then, we haven't said yet. Right. We're in spoilers. So I don't, right. So the suicide cold open thing was just, okay, all right, fine. And then uh, I'm like, all right, so who died? And then you didn't tell me, and I'm like, all right, this is cool. All right, I don't know who died. And nothing freaking happens well, and for then like you're 30 at a funeral. minutes. And then you're at a funeral, so you're like, oh, Chris died. It's right, but like, oh, and I'm, I assume Chris like killed himself, but then it doesn't sound like he killed himself. Yeah, he's like, like a great he's a guy and man, whatever. And like, so I, I was forget. so confused the first time I watched the movie. So I completely forget I was, about the suicide. I was like, cold open. what the heck? Mm-hmm. Wait, he killed himself. Wait, he was a good guy. Um, mm-hmm. that doesn't. Nobody says anything about he's him like, being depressed, right? Yeah, or anything bad. And I was like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Right. But since we're in spoilers, obviously he didn't kill himself. Right. That's so, and somebody I f- else. And I forget about that completely. By the time it's referenced it again at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And I was just like, oh, by the way, this was the character. And it's the mm-hmm. it's the guy who's revealed to be homosexual. Yes. Yeah. But not like he had. That's See, I like his character because he is a Christian who uh, like struggles with homosexual temptations Tem- mm-hmm. and doesn't give in to them. Right, and we have the the pregnant lady who's just very judgmental, who just is like he's homosexual, he's a bad person, and then uh, he's he's damned to hell or right, whatever. and she's con- he's he's an abortionist, he's just as bad as an abortionist, stem cell research, he's going to hell, right, and constantly judging John Snyder for being a stem cell researcher or and an atheist, even though he's half Jewish, which they threw in there too. Which I think is funny. I love the fact that he knows scripture and quotes it. Mm-hmm. Right, because the only you can't just the only thing. Comment people. Okay, I think they, they handled John Schneider's character. He's the atheist that they're all trying to. Well, really, the pregnant lady the pregnant is trying lady. to prove God exists and that he shouldn't be an atheist the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. and David A. R. White is just like always open for questions, as he is in every movie. Right, and he but, usually um, has a good answer. The only part about John Schneider's facade and character that I have always kind of been like, eh, they handled that. Poorly. Yeah, mm-hmm. not the best, is when he quotes the scripture. I love the fact that he knows the scripture and quotes it, but his prophecy really isn't that hard. Two baseball teams will play today, and one will win. Mm-hmm. That's very vague, whereas the scripture that he just quoted is verbatim what happened in, like, hundreds of years later. I just think that argument was lame. Mm-hmm. It depends on... Most prophecies are pretty vague, and often they can be, uh, att- like, att- not attributed, but, like, fulfilled by several different things. Like, there's even stuff in, you know, like, in Revelation that they're like, oh, it was kind of fulfilled by the this Babylonian captivity or this the Jerusalem oh, yeah, being like Dan- destroyed a lot of Daniel end times talking 
right. stuff. Was like people think that it's already happened and it was this. So a lot of he's not completely wrong. I wasn't it doesn't saying really, he was completely wrong. It just was to me. It doesn't apply to that verse. Very though. just kind of like thrown under just like we have to put this in here, but we're not going to like do it very well. What has to put? <laughs> the thing about prof- the prophecy argument for being a Christian or not. Like, do you believe it or not? Because he was half Jewish, so he was supposed to 100% believe that the Old Testament, which to them is the only testament. Mm-hmm. Which he even says, right? Right. That's Yeah, that was a quote. From she, she's like, as it says movie, in the Old Testament, and he's he like, also known as the, the only, only testament. testament. As we believe is the only testament. Right. Um, <laughs> and then he proceeds to quote, I'm pretty sure it's Isaiah 53. Like the whole freaking the, chapter. It's, it's like half. It goes on it's for too long. It's a very long. long time. But... Like it talks about Jesus. It's the it's the chapter where they talk about Jesus being crucified and being and going to the cross like a lamb, right? Quiet, quietly, and mm-hmm. like a lamb to the slaughter, and, and didn't open his mouth. Yeah, and, yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. And so, his but his come back <laughs> to her when she asks, "Well, don't you think that refers to Jesus?" And he just goes, "Prophecy isn't really that hard. Mm-hmm. Two baseball teams will play; one will win." Mm-hmm. And then the football dropout says that could happen you know yeah he's just playing along because he's right but they kind of just make Rhonda leave mad oh Rhonda's the the pregnant pregnant lady lady. okay they kind of make her just leave mad and so he doesn't even really have to say anything he doesn't even have to debate it anymore and for me if I was Rhonda or anybody else in that room who was a Christian I would have been like okay but that's like way vague Mm-hmm. compared to what you just quoted from Isaiah. As a person watching, I was glad that Aaron Paul was just like playing along with him and not really agreeing, but like playing along. Oh, I didn't I'm, I, I didn't, wouldn't have wanted his character to do it. And I wouldn't necessarily wanted them to do it in the movie. I'm just whenever not I see that realistic. scene, I'm like, why did they show that argument at all? Right. It's because not helpful. It wasn't handled the best i don't know it's just the only that's the only part about um john schneider's character that i that i have like a little bit of a problem with eh. right but it's just eh. whenever it's you don't bad. okay sure whenever you don't agree with somebody else and then they have like oh this is why i believe that you're just like but that's stupid <laughs> right <laughs> you know but i just if i did ever have that conversation with somebody i would want a better answer than Two baseball teams will play right. and one will win. That, right. that was my, they that was come my up reason better, for not liking it. They yes. should have come up with a better counter-argument. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I Other than that, I really love John Schneider's character. I love the way that he's always asking the questions. My favorite scene in the whole movie is when David A.R. White and John Schneider have their conversation through the window. Mm-hmm. That is a good scene. Because um, John Schneider's asking David how... You hear God, right? Is he a voice in your head? Like you he's like mostly, loud. and it's it. David A. R. White was exactly me when I try to explain it to somebody. That's, yeah, like you literally said that to me. Yeah, it's it's like that's me. I'm like, yeah, it's really hard to explain. It, it is. It's right. really hard to explain what it's like. And he says sometimes it's been out loud, but mostly mm-hmm. it's a voice in my head. But it doesn't sound like me. Right. Yeah. And it's just it was like yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, but it's really hard to explain. <laughs> it's right. like, it is. And it is, yeah. Until sometimes you experience I'm, it yourself. Sometimes I'm even like, I'm pretty sure I'm interpreting 
whatever God is saying pretty hard because it still sounds like me. (laughs) Or like maybe it's the Holy Spirit bringing to mind things that I've heard already, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. still like my thoughts that he's going like, hey, remember this that you you learned in fifth grade or whatever? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like... And for me, I would say, I don't know what me sounds like in my head, really. Hmm. I do. I feel <laughs> I like I, what I. I mean, sometimes I clearly I know when it's clearly me, but when I have certain thoughts, I'm like, I can't figure out if it's me or not. So I don't know if I can cl- just quote unquote say, "It but, never sounds like me." Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. At the retreat I was at like a month ago or so, they when they were trying to when they were given like the baptism of the Holy Spirit and whatever you believe about that, that's a thing. And that was what was happening. And I, they were like, I don't know why he was explaining this, but he was like, all right, look, so say, say you're, you're, this is how he explained it, that it, it comes across to him. Say your name in like silently in your, in your head. And he waits a second. Everybody does it. It's like, okay, so that's, basically what it sounds like when god says something to you right right? but it's not going to be something that like you would say out loud to someone else that's i don't know i'm adding that but that's what he was saying that like it sounds like like just to explain to somebody that like if you don't if you're not like very introverted and you're not like thinking a lot in your head and using that part of your brain that is like uh the speech part of your brain but not but not vocalizing because uh, some people like <clears throat> if you if you ever try to like speed read and you try to learn that online they're like okay don't don't use that part of your brain that is like is the speech part of your brain because that's what slows you down just zoom past it and you're you'll still get the information but you shouldn't hear that voice in your head of you, Which is why I'm a slow reader because I don't know how to turn that off. <laughs> right, of you like saying it, but not saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. That's what. So that is what it sounds like, and that's what he's just explaining. So I don't know. That's yeah. So yeah, it's complicated. And that was a good it's scene. It's very complicated. And I just I love that. That's scene. another way, and it's just another explaining it. <clears throat> it's it's a, a very lighthearted scene, mm-hmm. even though it's a really deep topic. Right. And then and John Schneider always uses is like very flippant about everything, so it just helps. Right. Yeah. And it's just But he's not like antagonistic about anything. Right. He's just I mean he's like curious but also like joking with you or rubbing it in a little bit that you believe something that he thinks is a little nuts. Right. And sometimes like when he is being attacked by Rhonda sometimes when she's like, you're going to hell. And he like comes out with a snarky comment. I'm like, lady, you deserve that. So, right. and he's handling this very well. Whereas I would have been would like, like this shut tie. up. I don't think the Lord cares what we're wearing. <laughs> he's like, Good. Then I'll go naked. <laughs> See, I thought that was funny. It was Me a little too. bit like, all right, you, you like trapped her into, like, <laughs> you trapped her into that. That's a little bit underhanded, but that was funny. So, uh, uh, this is, this is something that I had, a problem that I had with, like, Batman v Superman, because you, there's a 30 minute freaking funeral, and you're like, Superman's coming back. Justice League comes out, like, next year. You're wasting my time. I don't care. And this is kind of similar because of those 30 minutes of funeral. <laughs> 
that happened. It's not really, but it's like, a, it's a long funeral, 10, 15 minutes. And you're just like, I don't, ca- I don't know who Chris is. I don't care about this. I don't know who these characters crying over this character that I don't know are either. I don't know anybody mm. in this scene. It's not sad because I don't know anything. So I feel like in a better movie, they would have glossed over the, because they talk about Chris the whole freaking movie. So mm-hmm. they would they should have glossed over the the funeral a little, a bit, little more. bit more. Yeah, I mean you get less of the the preacher from Family Matters, but like I kind of like are you, are you talking about like the church scene even mm-hmm. when the guy comes in he's like you said it was a white church with a cross on the roof. <laughs> that does set up uh, Josh. I mean it kind of well. sets up with quite a few of the characters I believe because like Rhonda stands up and prays says something negative about john schneider because john schneider says that it just should have been snappier that's all i'm saying all the sad stuff i don't care and okay that, you're saying like the the more like montage part of before the church scene that's true too yeah mm-hmm. i mean because that part wasn't really <clears throat> necessary mm-hmm. but i like the David church because i think it kind of introduces you to quite a few of the characters okay if it was more effective as an introduction for everybody yeah sure like if if I knew that, okay, this is the atheist uh, stem cell researcher who's kind of snarky right off the bat, sure. But to me, I'm like, well, this guy was late, so he's a jerk, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything about Aaron Paul. I don't know anything about David A.R. White, really. Mm-hmm. The, preacher, the preacher doesn't matter. I don't know anything about Sherry yet. Right. I don't know anything I about think, I thought she was married to the, the guy. I think the reason that scene needs to be there, though, is because, A, it kind of gives you a slight, even though you don't know who they are, introduction to each character and it ties the end in like no, it makes the I'm end make like, so much better sense. i'm not saying cut out the whole thing but make it snappier either make it i know everybody all of these characters now like i know at least like their core character traits like even three things about them the the stem cell researcher researcher atheist who's snarky that's three things if i get that for every character perfect awesome awesome scene but it gets me like one thing about three people and it takes 15 minutes. So no, thank you. And I don't care about Chris. I've never met him. I don't know anything about this guy. So yeah, it just, it just takes too long and it, there's nothing to it. The, there's way too many montages. Speaking of that montage in the beginning, this, this movie's like suicide squad levels (laughs) of montages and, not music videos, I guess, but just montages. Yeah, no talking, just stuff. Just stuff happening. Yeah, like to, find something else to do. I don't. Uh, there's no reason that a movie should have more than two two montages, maybe three. You know, mm-hmm. every time they kind of get to a thing, they're like, "All right, here's another montage." Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk about the lip syncing scene? <laughs> yeah. So they go to a. I don't even know if it's. Well, he did say that there was alcohol, so I guess it was like a... Like a bar. Yeah. Some kind of, like, cl- club, but not, like, a yucky one. I mean, They were, it's like, like, swing dancing and stuff. Yeah. With uh, live music. And Building 429 comes on and sings it's a song. It's a restaurant that has alcohol and live music. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Building 429, yeah. <laughs> it comes on and sings a song. And this is, like, what, 15 years oh ago? Yeah, Building like 429? 2000... 2006, this is 2006, apparently. I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, sure. And they do not look quite the same anymore. I didn't recognize him at all. Uh, I was like, I thought it was because wow. of the beanie. 
I, th- I was like, I thought Building 429 was in this. And I look at him a little closer. I'm like, dude. Because, you know, you take I'm off old. the beanie and he has like longer hair. He still has pretty much the same hair. I I mean, he looks, he just looks a little older. Right. I mean, he's just aged. Mm-hmm. We just saw him at Winter Jam. Well, last year. Yeah, last year we saw him. But, so, like, he was far away. I don't know exactly what his face looks like. Do you know what okay. I mean? Like, I recognize like, his face. That was my thing. Because okay. I'm like, he's a blonde jam. guy that I've seen from, you know, 100 yards away. Right. He's on stage. And I've right. never really, like, okay, looked so at a music video or anything. Building 429 comes on and sings a song right. while they're doing all this verbiage <clears throat> um, and talking to each other. And there's <laughs> drama, drama going on between bunch of different ladies and it's mostly the love triangle right in that scene mostly there's some Rhonda stuff still right going on there with the, with, with the john schneider Blow. but um <laughs> so then so, did, so wait wait, wait. So, so then, building 429 does it like a song a right? song yes during this whole scene and then next they call atomic <laughs> Enema, <laughs> which was this like is, the funniest thing in the whole thing. They I was explain like, that at a certain just, point. Oh man, was, that's such a funny mental image. Yeah, and this is the first time that I've known what an enema was. Right, watching and that's the this name, movie, which is so that's the, funny. That's the nickname of the band that David A. R. White was in with two of the other guys from, and the dead guy. So four, and, three other guys, right? From when he was younger. High school, yeah, like twelve years. Yeah, ago. it's atomic atomic enemy, which is really difficult real to name. say. Apparently, well, yeah, but but everyone else called them atomic atomic en- atomic enema, enema, which is easier to say, I think, because we haven't messed that up. <laughs> I just until did. now, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they go up to sing, and David A. R. White, you can't see my finger quotes, uh-huh. comes up to sing, and he starts singing. And the lead from Building 429. <laughs> and it wouldn't be as bad if it was like lip syncy with, you know, if if Building 429 hadn't just done a set and you right, know exactly what they sound like right. from three from seconds say, ago. Because yeah. I was like, I remember this song is actually pretty good, but I d- like didn't remember anything about that it. That it was lip syncy. <laughs> I mean, obviously, David R. White is a singer. Right. I was just like, he's actually a good singer because I remember the song being good. Uh-huh. And then he opens his mouth. I was literally just about to say You're, that to uh-huh. you during the movie. It's just so funny to me. And then he opens his mouth like, that is not him. No. Not <laughs> that even That is Building bit. 429. <laughs> and and uh, Building 429 is even doing the like kind of southern drawl sometimes that, that, that he has and like some of the mm. ends of his uh, like uh, lines. And... And you're looking at David R. White. It's like that's that's, that's, that's a completely that the space in between us. Mm-hmm. This is this is a completely different accent than what David R. White yeah, has, and he doesn't didn't. like. He's not breathing enough. He's not like opening his mouth enough. Nothing. He looks like he's talking into the mic, and somebody else is singing backstage. Terrible. It's like one of the worst lip syncs I've ever seen in my life. Even well, except for the fact that the mouth was actually on. What? The mouth was on? What are you talking like about? Like, they, they matched. At least oh, the mouth sure. matched. That's not the worst lips thing I've ever seen. Okay. Sure. Sure. Fine. Um, like, I didn't remember that mm-hmm. it wasn't him singing. Mm-hmm. It, 
yeah, the the tone, the <laughs> lips matched with the words. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, but the what I was going to disagree with you on that was the the room noise was completely different. The when David A. R. White's talking in the mic, talking in the mic, he he, you know, he sounds like this, and we're talking about Chris, and this is normally Chris's song, but I'm going to sing it, and then when Building Four Twenty Nine starts singing. It sounds like he's in a studio and there's, you know, padding on the walls and he's, you know, he's singing real close <laughs> yeah, to the it's mic. Like the echo of the... There's no echo. Right. It's completely... Di- and he's like yeah, way closer to the mic. Yeah. I was like, why is the... Uh, <laughs> hey, could've... low budget. Even, even just directing Building 429 to be like, hey, this is not you singing. It's David A.R. White singing. So sound like you're from the Midwest, okay? Not from... Like not, not 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 like a guy trying to sound like he's from the South every once in a while, okay? <laughs> like, just do a little bit of acting here. I don't understand why that's so hard. Come on. <sighs> okay, so did we say, did we explain who all the characters are? We haven't touched on the one from that goes with your previous episode of this podcast or previous episode of your podcast. Uh, the crying scene. Oh, the abortionist. Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> like, what? Because, no, I uh, I referenced that in the last week's episode, but I was like, wait, that's the other movie. The So let me do that first. D- did I talk about this already? <laughs> the, the one girl is, like, Rachel. crying. Yeah, Rachel yeah, is you crying. Sh- you referenced this already. Did I say that already in this episode? I believe you did. Okay. <laughs> if I didn't, uh, Rachel's the one that, cried harder and it should have been uh, Sherry. Sherry should have been the ex-girlfriend I did say this already because I didn't have their name straight right. all right um <clears throat> great so yeah, that's that, a thing but the, the ex-girlfriend he's not, didn't cry as hard as what you were saying. right and she should have and it should so it should have been the other way around but the <clears throat> I actually was impressed with both their crying abilities because I know how hard it is to cry right sure or make but yourself sh- cry you're not an actress right I understand <laughs> that but I'm just saying right you can be an actress and not know how to cry. Mm, I guess. You can be a bad actress and not know how to cry. <laughs> I tried to tear up for the short film we were in. And I actually got my eyes to gloss over at one point. Nice. I don't know if that's part of the recording situation we'll make it in or not. But... Oh, probably not. <laughs> but good good job. <laughs> so it's really good. It's uh, not easy when you're there with a bunch of other people. and Right. Lots so, of stuff going on. So you were talking about um, John Schneider being uh, an embryonic stem cell researcher, right? He and he's he's an atheist, half Jewish man who does who kills embryonic babies. stem cell research. Mm-hmm. And so she calls him a baby killer like the whole time. Rhonda, yeah, Rhonda. the pregnant, judgmental lady. Mm-hmm. That's her secret, isn't it? Like that's yeah. Under, she, she's not. Really it's a not secret. a secret. It's yeah. blatantly <laughs> obvious from the moment you lay eyes on her. Right. The moment she opens her mouth. Yes. Um. And then you have the yeah, high school. F- okay. Oh sure. Yeah, yeah. The Aaron, the guy that looks like Aaron Paul. He's the high school dropout because he was a football player and injured his knee junior year, so he drops out, and he's just kind of been drifting for like four years or yeah, however long. Hi. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's funny. He didn't drop out. I know, but I haven't been doing much since then. <laughs> my my bank account didn't have a comma in it until a year ago or whatever. 
until you started helping with me with my budget. <laughs> <laughs> Never had a con. Um, and then you have, I say he's like he's like more the tattoo. So we'll smoke a cigarette. We'll drink. Cat type. He character. looks like that. That's what he he has a cigarette at one point. Okay. And he hasn't stepped a church and stepped a foot into a church mm-hmm. since he like dropped out. He just seems like he is the also nicest guy ever. I don't though. know if you've ever caught this, but he is also the sister of Rhonda or the, the brother, brother of Rhonda. Yeah. She is his sister. sister. Really? Yes. Okay, no, I didn't catch that at all. Yes, their Why brother is and that sister. Necessary? I don't know. It just is a thing. How does Rhonda know anyone? Through it's through the band, right? Right. She's married to the author. So so their backstory is that the one guy married his bandmate's sister. Yeah? The the the, mm-hmm. the husband. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's a quote unquote best selling author. When they went to the thrift store they found his that is book also for ten completely cents. unnecessary. The thrift store shopping scene? Well, yes. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> the montage of them trying I on like, clothes is from every other movie. The best-selling author thing is just kind of funny because it shows how the wife runs the relationship. That's the point of all of that. Like, it shows that he does not ever stop her from her judgmentalness or anything that she does. She's just, like, bragging on him, bragging on herself because she married this guy who's an author and doing well. Mm-hmm. Who are you? You know, mm. looking down her nose at everybody. Okay. That just adds to her character and shows more about his character that he just doesn't do anything about it. I feel like they establish all that stuff in other places. Do you have a pen? I don't know. You tell me. Right. He, and he gets off a lot of those kind of comments without any repercussions is what I'm saying. Because she's not stupid. Like, she's stupid, right. but she's not that right. stupid. Right. I just think it's funny. It's more for our humor, like, laughter than... I was going... I was more cringing at it. Like, <laughs> you're going to get slapped or this is stupid. And either way, I'm cringing. Okay, so we named... So I don't even know, like... That's Harold. Harold, he doesn't have a hidden secret, really. No, he his, his and his wife's, uh, like, side plot is she's controlling and he needs to step up a he little bit. He needs to, yeah, be the man. Yeah. Yeah. So... A lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> um... You ever heard judge not lest you be judge? Look, girls, daddy's quoting con- quoting scripture out of context again. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love um, that part. It's terrible, have- but it's funny because, like, that's, yeah, that's what I want to tell people half the time. Like, oh, look, you're quoting scripture out of context, context again. again. I'm going to leave now. Yeah. Um. Then we have Michael, you were trying to say. Mm-hmm. Michael. His hidden secret is. That he is. Homosexual. Homosexual. Or he was right. He was also abused as a child, which by I, a man. I, another thing that I like that they point out. Yes, yes, he was abused by a man when he was a child. Right, because most he people... struggled with homosexuality, homosexuality mm-hmm. his entire life, mm-hmm. and we also find out that he is the one who was holding the gun to his head at the beginning. Right, and then so that he almost phone committed call. suicide. This phone call about Chris's death from Sherry is what caused him to put the gun down. Right, which was like a kind of a disappointment by the time we get there i'm just like oh yeah that did happen and a phone call really that was what did it i don't know i like it because i mean not that like that wouldn't happen but it's like it's just kind of a random thing to have happened you know what i mean like 
Well, you're trying, I feel like you would be trying to psych yourself up into doing it in the first place. And so if something distracted you, like a phone ringing, you would just be like, oh, I can't do this. Who is it? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh no! Or it's but it it should have been something that was more connected to the plot that was like very coincidental. Yeah, I think it was just to get suicide also in there. Another serious, um, right? And they they kind of beginning they kind of front loaded that guy with all the serious topics there. A lot of them. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, and then oh, and sorry, I I really like that because in from what I know, I'm I haven't started my psychology yet but he the the fact that he was like yeah i was abused as a kid or molested as a kid that often seems to manifest itself as either promiscuity or homosexuality that is a very and or really thing yeah so it just it completely destroys your sexuality as like a person not completely destroys but it like warps it it. opens the door for you to have more struggles than like a person Somebody who hasn't else. been yeah right. molested or whatever right. which sounds like what what had happened right did we did yeah. we call it that what did we say what was i don't understand the question what did you say happened to him as a kid yeah he got abused by a man abused okay all right yeah but it was like molested it was like sexually or sexually abused, abused yeah. it sounded like yeah. yeah yeah so i like that that was part of his character that it right. wasn't like because i i know that some people are like i'm homosexual and i don't know why I guess I was born this way. Right. And I'm like, all right, sure. I have no idea what that's about. Right. Like, that's in my too hard box right now. I have no idea what's going on with you. Yeah. But most of the time, it's like... It's initiated by some open door somewhere along their history. Most of the time, they have some kind of abuse. Right. Or pornography. Pornography can really open the door for yeah. that, too. Oh, absolutely. Another thing that completely destroys your sexuality. Right. So... Yeah. Which they actually didn't touch on in this movie. I'd say that's like one of the only things they didn't can't get, really. Can't get everything can't in the same movie. <laughs> um, and then we have, oh, am I missing anyone? David Ayer White has trust issues with God and relationship issues because the love of his life, the girl that he 100% believed that God told him, this is your wife, right? said, no, we're we're breaking up. Bye. Mm-hmm. You know, with no reason at all. Just all of a sudden, she broke it off. And when he was re- at college, calls. yeah, it just like completely shut him off. And that would be Sherry. That leads us to Sherry and her backstory. Mm-hmm. Sherry had an abortion and hadn't told a single soul mm-hmm. until she tells this Michael. event in the movie. Yes, and which I think just makes oh, she was the one what you him. talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I just. From my perspective, because I didn't obviously watch the movie, that just makes it a little bit even, like, you can understand her character better mm-hmm. because you watch the movie, like, how much it would actually affect her. Because I think that's what a lot of people who have not actually had an abortion, especially pro-choice people, I think that they don't realize the effect that it has on the woman who actually goes through it psychologically like yes, afterwards yes not physically i'm not even talking physically at all mm-hmm. which is really what you guys witnessed in mm-hmm. last week's episode mm-hmm. but yeah what the damage does to you spiritually psychology psychologically mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um which i appreciate that this movie touches on right and she couldn't face david Airwhite or 
her family, her family. Or, yeah and she felt like she was being punished by god because her, her parents had died and now her brother had died and right. that she was oh, being punished she, because she had done this horrible deed but she had she was pregnant because she like cheated on right David she had a dumb fling with some guy because david ayer white was at college in a different state at the time and she was waiting on him but she just was bored she went to a party and you know she's like you know everyone at college you get drunk and you're just doing things you never dreamed it would go that far right and then it does and then she she's and, pregnant and then yeah. she had an abortion yes Ooh, awful um yeah and so she shares that with michael mm-hmm. who is that when he opens up about being homosexual no actually when david Ayer white comes back right after she sherry leaves from telling him that Right, and then That's he acts when. as the Yo- he's very Yoda in this freaking movie. Like there's <laughs> he a has both of, sides of the story. <laughs> there's a couple of that whole like stretch of the movie. He's just like sitting with a Bible and waiting for people to come to talk to him, type of thing. That's what it comes off as. That's what it looks like. It's like all right. Well, I think it's kind of cool how they make his character where people come to him for the advice and he's the one who's always in the bible like he's the one who's always holding the bible and looking at it Mm -hmm. in multiple scenes of the movie when john schneider comes running by he's like hey look at this scripture you know and he sits down in a montage that you love so much um or and i think that's the the rsv by the way which i i pointed out while we were watching i was like i like that because it's i think um if i'm right about the version that's a catholic like version Mm. so that's cool i don't know i like that and um (laughs) He's the one that's quoting the scripture to Sherry when she's talking about being abortionist. He's, or, you know, having wait what having an abortion or talking to Ron about, about being, being an abortionist. No, when he's talking to Sherry when she says, "I've never told anybody." All right, okay. And he's like, "You think God can't forgive you of your sin? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's not biblical." Right. And then he's quoting scripture to. David A.R. White, when he runs into the picture right after that conversation, and it's just like, he's the one, Michael, Which, so, is sorry, the one. Also is another that saying, hey, do you think God is not able to, like, forgive you? Is I feel an appropriate response, but he, he looked a little, he was, like, a little bit too forceful, I feel. But anyway. Oh, and, yeah. His delivery was a little bit less when than When he loving. said that to Rhonda, but he said that to Rhonda. Oh. When he's like forceful oh okay well yeah but i feel like didn't, she's attacking him didn't he and say he's that really being extremely defensive more for um john schneider no uh, sherry sherry's sake <laughs> than his own because sherry is an abortionist in this case and she's Rhonda's talking she's not about an abortionist but she yeah she has had an abortion no abortionist is the... okay okay i understand sorry <laughs> So he's really just being extremely defensive because so, but he he's trying to protect her. He wasn't. He didn't have that tone of voice talking to Sherry the first. No. Okay. All right. So point, point I just think that's cool, the way that he's the one that actually is giving the encouragement most of the episode or most of the movie, <laughs> the episode, um, because he's the one who at the very beginning scene, opening scene, is putting the gun to his head and ready to end his life. Mm. Like it shows that you, I understand, you know, you might be really down and depressed and you mm -hmm. might be really struggling, but I, God can still use you. Right. And he says that he's in the word more and praying more and And it's it's helping him. Yeah. Mm. I feel like there was a third thing. 
he should be in counseling. Uh, that's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So even if you're really struggling with something, it doesn't mean that God can't use you. Right. And it's just cool to see how he, he was able to be used. Right. It is very cool. And he affected pretty much everyone in the movie, just like supposedly Chris did, Chris which did. is what got them all there in the first place. And that's another cool thing. Don't know why Chris died. They never say. Mm-hmm. But Chris, sounded, it sounded like, you know, everyone questions when someone dies, especially a good person, why a Christian die? person who shouldn't have had, you know, any issues or whatever. Why did they die? Mm-hmm. Well, John Schneider's character probably never would have become saved. Which he does, basically. Yeah, at the end. At the end, yeah. And Rondo probably wouldn't be less judgmental and mm-hmm. whatever Would never her husband's name is wouldn't have t- taken the reins back the way that he should have Harold, <laughs> Harold. <laughs> and then Michael would be dead yeah and com- dead. by committing suicide which I don't know what anybody believes about the afterlife of suicide but I personally don't think that's super great no uh the the Catholic Church has like officially like I think unofficially at one point that everybody in the pretty much in the Catholic Church was just like yeah they all went to hell but officially, the Catholic Church was like, well, no, because you have to, the, part of the part of the prerequisite for it to be a sin is you have to have, like, full knowledge of it. And when you're ready to take your life, you've lost a lot of, like, your mental capability. Like, you're a little bit crazy. You're more than a little bit crazy at that point. So we can't. The Catholic Church is like, we can't say that this person has full knowledge, right? Full knowledge and full will to take their own life, which they may or may not know at the time is like a mortal sin to murder someone, including yourself. So, but those, those other two things aren't, probably aren't there. I mean, we can't say, so we're not going to say, hey, you know, people who commit suicide automatically go to hell because of those other two things so yeah that's what the catholic church believes and then david Ayer white's character would be stuck in this relationship that's going nowhere sherry would still be in some big depression now because believing that god can't believe can't can't love her. her yeah because that she's being punished yes because she had an abortion at one point in her life which is interesting because i feel like what she believes is a uh she said i believe i'm forgiven but i believe that i have to pay a price for my sin right which i feel is a and like a misunderstanding an, ab- an aberration an abomination of how which is like too strong of a word but like a twisting of what the catholic church believes because every when the when the first sin when adam and eve sinned there was something that happened okay when there was something that happened and that was that we weren't just we weren't in paradise anymore right and with with anything even temporal temporal like uh natural things there's a there's an action and there's a reaction so and when you sin it doesn't just affect you it affects other people as well so and it affects you right so and most of the time it's not like god has to go all right i'm punishing you for this because it was a bad thing that happened God doesn't want you to do it because it will hurt you. And that's why he says don't do it. Sin is just 
God says, don't do this or that. So when you're doing this or that, it's hurting you. And that's why God says, don't do it. So right. the it's, it's like she misunderstood that whole thing and is like, no, God is punishing me for this. And that's why I'm that's why people are, are dying around me. Well, and that's what's no. so great about God is when he forgives you of your sin, he remembers it no more. Mm-hmm. So there's no, what do you, what'd she say, temporal price? See, I believe that there is a temporal price, but it's not because God is like, this is the... I mean, something that are repercussions for your sin. I mean, because mm-hmm. there are repercussions. For, there's a domino effect for a lot of things that happen. Right. I think the Catholic Church believes that there's also some kind of temporal something that is owed, but it's more, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the whole purgatory thing. But, okay. and then, Which and, I but, don't. Right. But then also, it's like purgatory is like when you're like made perfect after you've died. So it's a... I don't know. I don't completely understand that part, but the part that I know and agree with is the, yeah, it has repercussions and it's not like God is punishing you actively. It's just, he told you not to uh, go and play in the street and now you've played in the street and you've hurt yourself. Right. Yeah. But she didn't have to suffer for years because she had an abortion. The fact that she did it and she's going to have to live with that thought for the rest of her life is plenty yeah like and she knew she messed up she was never gonna do it again so she you know had truly repented from it Mm -hmm. and turned away from it she didn't want to live that way she was really mad at herself for doing it in the first place right and so she just had to ask for forgiveness and god would have forgiven her right she didn't she she acted like she believed she was forgiven like she had asked for forgiveness because she said i believe i'm forgiven right like i said uh, a twisting of the truth where she still believed that God is punishing her in this way. And it's like, that's not what's going on here. So I can kind of relate sometimes when I mess up and I feel like I just keep beating myself up over it. And mm-hmm. it's like, the, it's a guilt that God has not given you. Right. That's <laughs> not from God. Guilt is not from God. Right. Sure. I feel like there's more to that for what I believe, but sure. You're not supposed to be guilty. God doesn't want you to be guilty. He wants to forgive You're you and not take guilty. away that guilt. You, yeah, he took away the guilt. Whatever. If you, But if you sin, you sin, that's a guilt thing. Like you're guilty of right. a sin. But, yeah. He doesn't okay. want you to feel guilty. He wants to forgive you and for you to right. both move on. And yes, it's over. Right. Who does, uh, Did we cover all the secrets? I believe we did. Well, Rachel, she just... This is the current girlfriend for David Ayerwhite's character. She pushed them into this staying there, and it did backfire on her. Like David said, you're going to be mad if it backfires on you. But in the end, it really was to her benefit. She said that she felt like God was already telling her that, and she just kind of was hoping that wasn't the case. Which was weird. It was The whole ending is very neat. Like, it's all, it's all wrapped up in a nice little bow. Mm-hmm. And, like, she should be mad. Rhonda probably shouldn't have turned around so easily, and it Rhonda been was pretty way... emotional, and she was also pregnant, uh, so I, yeah. you know that could have. Been... And like John Schneider would have been way harder to convince. I think the John Schneider thing is probably the most believable out of all of it because they all thought he wasn't convinced, and he was thinking about it after they had done some really weird, dumb things. Mm-hmm. 
He was already thinking about it. He and was already it's halfway like, there. Yeah, before but he, he even started, obviously he knows the scripture because right. he could quote it. Right. But he just wasn't admitting to anybody. Right. And that. they just really, truly made him think about it and actually be like, but listen. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. So, but yeah, I think, I don't think Rachel would have been, she probably would have gotten home and then completely lost it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that would be, that's realistic to life. Like in the moment, she just had to be strong because A, it was her fault that it happened that way. B, mm-hmm. she knew that he wasn't the guy for her because God had told her already and she mm-hmm. just wasn't listening. So that's just the only person she can fault is herself, mm-hmm. really. I kind of expected her to be a worse person, I guess, at the end because mm-hmm. she was not a good person most of the time. Yeah, she know? just kind of, yeah, she was very... She was manipulative and lying yeah. and... Because she wanted her guy. That doesn't I'm not saying that it's anything. right. I'm just saying, like, when she realized what the truth was, she was just like, okay, I surrender. Right, okay, sure. Hmm, interesting. Which she found out during Atomic Enema. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, did football star have a... Who's a very fo- short football star, by the way. Yeah. Uh, like he's my height, so normal size. I mean, his for hidden a secret person. was just that he was a dropout and he had not really been in church or stayed on the straight and narrow. I mean, he was the edgy Christian. <laughs> Ugh, as I roll my eyes, <laughs> he was the smoker. He had a girlfriend. They danced. It's very sweet. That was something that they brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, some Christians oh agree with dancing. Some don't. Some agree with drinking. Some don't. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of like Catholics just kind okay of throw that in there a little bit um because uh-huh. Rhonda was against everything yep most uptight stick in the mud but he realized possible. that he kind of threw his life away and was trying to get back on track right and he was finishing what he started when he was helping with the roof mm-hmm. the roofing scene is whole it's pretty good it's not a montage but it's fine <laughs> part of it's a montage mm-hmm. sure David Arrowhite should have died when he fell headfirst off of that roof. Like, it was very clearly he fell headfirst and had, like, no, no, no. He had, like, three feet after that. He passed the window. He was still going headfirst, and then he's suddenly on his back. Like, he should have died. I'm just saying. He was three feet from the ground and then was still still headfirst. Also, after that, when he's, like, on, uh, like, laying on a bed and... With all the thorns in his back, like he well the cuts they took the thorns out. All right, they sure, down. but it looks terrible. Like those are awful cuts in his back. Yeah. And he's laying on his back. He's laying on them. Yeah, and he's like shifting around and like rubbing his back on the thing. I was like, what are you doing? That would hurt so bad. Yeah. So that was also that stupid. Was weirdly done. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. Okay. What you got? Anything else? I I like nah. I think that's it. <laughs> Overall, enjoyable, but pretty terrible. I mean, it's not, it's not the best put together movie, but I think it's funny, and I like, it's just different. It's not like a typical Christian film, I feel like, because it's got extra stuff in it. Mm-hmm. It's got more topics going like, on. Like I said, it's controversy. It, and, mm-hmm. It's got some, it's got shades of greatness. All right, nitpick rant time. So I started writing this video about Return of the King and like the worst thing in Return of the King. It started to be about the Eagles, and then I was like, wait, there's this end credit scene. There's the end, not end credit scene, end credit song. And Susan hasn't listened to this, but she's kind of the 
the voice like musical expert on the podcast. Mm. So I I have my thoughts about this stupid song, but I want her to listen to it and then uh, give her thoughts. So we're gonna listen to it and then uh, we're gonna she's gonna talk about it and we're gonna talk about it. So here we go. <laughs> okay all right so you just listened to it was there any scooping no okay i have no idea what scooping is do you want to try to explain that to the people scooping is when you go from one note to another note just kind of indirect slide, right? yeah slide it <clears throat> up like oh i can't even think of it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't, I, you just played a song where you didn't do it so like i kind of felt like he was a little bit <clears throat> right that's scooping right Instead of going from, right? Mm-hmm. Eh, eh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not scooping. Scooping is very um, sloppy. It's, yeah, it's very sloppy. It's not. It's not professional. Right. So if unless you're a professional, nobody else cares. Like only professionals really care about right. that. I, I mean, feel. scooping is kind of more like a country genre. Right. Like type. It, it's mm-hmm. a lazy way to sing, mm-hmm. or uneducated. As in, people do it. And All other people time. like it. Certain but people can, yeah, or certain people just don't know better. <laughs> that's how I, sure. I don't know about like it. Sure. They just no, don't know but better. like people like country music, and if that's a whole genre yeah. that does it a lot, then it's not yeah. like it's wrong. a style of of country. Okay, all right, but professional the, singers don't do it, and it's terrible. So, uh, and Susan gets on people. Oh my on gosh, people like I can't do, I can't handle scooping. Yeah. I've been raised from a very young age <laughs> not to scoop. Right. This so particular song, uh, the dynamics were a little weird. Which is when you get louder and softer. Right, which I was like, they singing. could have even mixed it differently and right. like fixed I that. I think really the biggest issue with this song is the way it was recorded. Mm. It actually isn't the singer. Okay. Um, there's way too much treble in it. Okay. They should have taken some treble out of the mm-hmm. mic when they were recording it. Because that's like when he gets louder and goes up. Mm-hmm. That's when you can, when he's like pinchy. Mm-hmm. It's too much treble in there. They could have changed that with the way that it was recorded. It wouldn't sound so... (sighs) Across the sea! Yeah, it was just... He probably (laughs) had to get that loud in Mm -hmm. order to sing that high. Because I know for me personally, a certain range, I can't sing quiet at that. Right. Like the... uh, Same for me. The quote-unquote opera song in The Greatest Showman. Mm -hmm. That very end line that she has when she says it very quiet never enough from greatest showman yeah Yeah. when Mm -hmm. she says it at the very end Mm -hmm. i can't do it because i have to sing it loud i can't do the soft okay way she does it in order to get that right right she get that and that's the same for me like uh if i'm singing in church like i can hit the a lot of the higher notes that i can't and if everybody else is singing i'll also sing loud Mm -hmm. right but like if there's nobody around singing around me singing or like everybody's quieter i'm not gonna hit those notes because i'm not gonna sing louder than everybody else because i'm not that great of a singer right. and, and just can't hit them and i can't hit them without being loud so i actually think this guy sang the song very well interesting well like professionally wise right speaking he actually he didn't scoop like we mentioned mm-hmm. um he had dynamics in it i don't know how he was directed with the dynamics but it was mm-hmm. a little weird to me how sometimes he would get loud and soft. Right. It was just like, so, that didn't so, fit very well. So he was technically 
professional and like yes. proficient. Yeah, he did it well. Interesting. And only a couple of times would I say he was like pinchy or maybe nasally, but I think that was because of the range. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit out of his range. Right. Because I'm my whole thing is every time every time he goes um, across the sea, a pale moon rises. I'm like, why are you belting that? Like, it's such a pretty song, like a pretty, like, lullaby. Yeah. And then he just belts in your ear. Yeah. And I don't understand it. That the, was just poorly recorded. Okay. And then the, the White Gulls line is even is even worse. The, um, why do the white gulls call? Like, I, that's the wrong note. But it's like, he just belts it, and it, right. it sounds terrible to me. Right. And that's because it's getting higher. Every time he does it, the it gets higher mm-hmm. in pitch, and so he can't hit it unless he's louder, which right. And they could have fixed that in post sing, or something. Right, it's it's harder to sing already because it's higher, and then you're singing it louder, which is harder on your voice too. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it it just was a bad, and it kind of to me sounds like they recorded it in a backyard <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> like it's just not very. Right, I'm picturing like a very small, cheap mic, really. Yeah, it just wasn't, it didn't seem very mm-hmm. modernly recorded. Right, so I, I every, <laughs> I just could never get over that song. Even the first time, I was like just cringing the whole time. Like, it was like, oh, it was so beautiful. Now this is like nails on a chalkboard. And it's so <laughs> you sad. You made me laugh. Like, I was actually seriously listening, and then he's like laughing. <laughs> like, I, couldn't, I couldn't keep it together. Uh, I don't understand that. I don't understand why that song sounds like that. But yeah, there you go. They could have got somebody else. That's the guy that uh, played uh, Pippin, and he actually sings a song in the story. So I think that's oh, kind of okay. why well, they Well, that got makes him. sense then. Yeah. I don't remember that guy's name. That's kind of cool. He's man. cool, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, synergy, but uh, something. It's a credit song. How many people really watch the credits? It, they have oh, well, you weren't watching it, but the they have like all of the characters that you've been following for three movies, aka like nine hours, yeah, nine hours of movie. Nine or twelve, depending on if you get the right, yeah, the extended version. Extended version. But they have like everybody's faces showing up, and it's like mm-hmm. a in memoriam basically of the of the whole thing. And okay, hold on. Uh, and they have like these really cool like portraits of them next to their name, and it's mm-hmm. just very pretty. I sat through the whole thing <laughs> the first time. Okay. So, uh, you know, I th- it I think that bad. for the trilogy, like everybody sits through it. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I could actually stand it because he wasn't he sang it correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I always find it interesting that like people, I'm <laughs> I'll forgive a lot of stupid like unprofessional stuff. But then, and you're, and you won't. And then if it's sung professionally, right. And if it's sung, like you would hate Billie Eilish. Like there's one song where I was just thinking about like Susan be cringing through this whole freaking thing. I like it a lot, but I just know, and I could tell that like she's scooping and doing all kinds of stupid stuff. Um, And then, uh, and then with this, I can't stand him belting, but it's technically proficient. So you're fine with it. That's yep. just, I just think it's so funny. <laughs> I mean, it was. I wouldn't want to listen to it a ton. Right. But I definitely could. Yeah. You fine. could get through it. Interesting. Definitely. Especially with the like nostalgia of the movie. Right. And Absolutely. Stuff like you added too. Right. 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 Okay. All right. We're gonna get out of here. This has been a long enough podcast. Where can people find you, Susan? Only on Twitter 
at prov31susan. Amazing. Okay. Uh, you can find me at Gabe in the Box on every social media. I have this link tree now. I don't know where to put that, but maybe I'll put it in the show notes and that'll, that'll work better for everybody. I don't know. Uh, click on the link tree and uh, see what you think of it. Thank you to Troy for being a patron for an entire year. We're, uh, was, we're probably coming up on a year and a half now. So thank you, sir. Um, also to Blaine. He's, what is that sound? I don't know. Somebody's, somebody's something is going off. Somebody's. Uh, thank you to, to Blaine for uh, being our new patron. And uh, you, if you want to send questions or give me movies to watch, you can do that at BargainBinPod on Twitter. And have I forgotten anything, Susan? I didn't forget Troy this time. Nope. I think that's that it. Good. All right. Uh, next week, we're talking about... What are we talking about? Uh, what is that movie Breakthrough. called? Breakthrough. Thank you. I keep wanting to call it Unbroken. There's too many too many things like that. We're, we're, we're going to talk about um, Breakthrough, which is a, a Christian movie that we got like a, an early screening to yeah. somehow mm-hmm. yeah. through it. Was it a radio? Yeah. Was it the river? Radio station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a radio station was like giving away free tickets and it filled up, obviously, and Get, barely got good seats but yeah we'll we'll talk about that and um also troy has a, a scoop for us uh about <laughs> avengers i don't know if anybody else knows about this i only have heard it from troy so that should be interesting tune in for that next week thank you for listening to this and goodbye <laughs> i'm waiting <laughs> oh, you want me to say goodbye yes <laughs> i thought you would have learned by now <laughs> I just forgot. And so if I forget, just like <laughs> <laughs> No, it's funnier this way. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>